Hello, and welcome to Commerce Confidential. I'm your host, Randy Cole. Thanks so much for joining us. On this episode, we'll be tackling one of the hottest topics in tech, the metaverse. Just what is the metaverse as it stands today? Where is it going? What do brands need to consider to engage their customers in the metaverse? And are we all living in an elaborate, multidimensional simulation? We'll get answers to three of those four questions with our guest, Emily Safian Demers. With a background in neuro and behavioral science, Emily currently serves as editor at Wonderman Thompson Intelligence, which has produced a number of reports on the metaverse, including New Realities, Into the Metaverse, and Beyond. I couldn't think of a better guest to discuss today's topic. So let's take a virtual deep dive and make this episode a reality. Emily, welcome to Commerce Confidential. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, our pleasure. Really excited about this topic. Couldn't be more timely and really on a lot of people's minds in our industry and beyond. But, you know, if you ask 10 people what the metaverse is, you're going to get 10 different definitions. So let's just start with the basics. In your thought, your opinion, what is the metaverse? Yeah, there has definitely been a lot of confusion around that. We think of the metaverse as just a digital layer over your everyday life. So the popular comparison point is Ready Player One, which is for anyone who's not familiar, this kind of virtual world that you put on a you know a VR headset and you enter into and you leave your physical life behind. Your physical environment is forgotten and you kind of live this live in this alternate reality. I think what's not quite right about that when we think about defining the metaverse is that it takes you fully away from your physical life and your physical environment. The way that we define the metaverse is just kind of a digital layer that adds to the life you already have. So it's not this place that you go into and escape your everyday life from. It's really an integral part of the life that you're already living and layering onto that physical environment. Excellent. Love that description of it. And I, I do think, yeah, sci-fi does take things a bit far. You know, Ready Player One was certainly, uh, you know, a work of fiction and maybe reality in 50 years, but uh, we're, we're certainly not there yet. With our clients, a lot of them are thinking about the metaverse in, in different ways. So how do brands need to, you know, approach and think about the metaverse? Yeah, there are a couple of different important things that brands should be considering when it comes to the metaverse right now. First of all, I'll say that the metaverse isn't here yet, right? We have all of these technologically driven behaviors that consumers are already adopting and are already part of their daily life. But the the mature metaverse is still a little ways away. So I think what's really exciting for brands right now is that it's an opportunity to experiment and to play. They can go into this nascent space and connect with consumers who are also kind of exploring in this new world and figure out as a brand, you know, what works for them, what feels natural and organic to your brand experience and what's resonating with your consumers. So it's a really exciting time as a brand to go into some of these early stage metaverse destinations and just experiment and explore and, and see what works and what doesn't work for you, your brand and your consumers. I think another really important and exciting thing to keep in mind for brands when thinking about the metaverse is how it's changing digital engagement. So we think back to 
or not back, but you know, thinking about social media and how digital engagement has kind of taken shape over the last five to 10 years, it's very passive. Yes, you're watching videos. Yes, you know, on Instagram and Twitter, you can throw out polls and have people vote. But for the most part, it's passive engagement from your consumers. It's a lot of, you know, the infinite scroll. People are just kind of absorbing information that's presented in front of them. When it comes to the metaverse, what's really exciting is that there's this opportunity to co-create with your consumers. So it's much more of a give and take. It's not as passive. You're actually, as a consumer, you're directly engaging with what the brand is putting out. So, you know, you can have a consumer as a brand come into your Roblox world, for example, thinking about what's happening right now. And you can invite them to, if you're Nike, create their own personalized virtual Nike sneakers that they then wear around Nike land in Roblox. So it's really much more about active engagement and co-creation as opposed to passive consumption that we've seen with the digital environments to date. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I have a son who's 11, been living in Roblox and and, uh, Minecraft for years. And the way I look at it is he will get exposed to brands will be maybe the next generation of customer or come to myself or, you know, mom and dad and influence purchases based on, you know, having positive interactions in the metaverse with a brand. So it's not necessarily just engaging adults like you and I, but, you know, it's also the next generation of consumer can also be, you know, a relevant target. And it's just great to see all the different ways, like you said, just experimenting and and trying different things to see what works and what doesn't. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's very play-based. Yes, there are privacy and protection concerns that need to be ironed out, but that play-based model works really, really well for a young consumer. Mm-hmm. It's a very multifaceted place. So, you know, how else will we engage other digital elements? What factors are in play around that? Yeah. So when we think about the mature metaverse, it's not going to be tied to any one platform, device, portal. You know, we look at at what's happening in the current iteration, these early stages of the metaverse, and it's it's happening a lot in gaming because that's the environment that's available right now. That's where people are. So that's where brands and early metaverse innovators are bringing this vision to life. But when we look down the line, the metaverse isn't going to be accessed through any one portal, through any one screen. It's really going to be kind of this diverse or dispersed layer that just exists all around us, which I realize sounds very high tech and very sci-fi. We do definitely need the technology to catch up before that vision comes to life. But, you know, when we think about these other digital elements, it's going to feel much more organic and much more seamlessly integrated into the world around us. And we do, you know, have some hints of how this might look or play out that are already in existence. If you think about smart mirrors, for example, Sephora, well, they don't have smart mirrors exactly, but Sephora has these screens that they've implemented in store over the past few years where you can basically go up while you're shopping physically in the retail environment and search for product reviews from other consumers, you know, search for how-to videos to see tips and tricks on how to use their products. So when you think about it like that, you know, it's going to be these other digital elements are, are going to be just kind of layered on to the experiences that you're living already. 
Excellent. And I think you, you've touched on some of the next questions answers already. And I also think the answer is probably everything. Um, but to you, you know, what's exciting about the metaverse? Yeah, I think what's there are a few things that are really exciting about it. One is that it's opening the door to this whole new world of creation. Like I mentioned before, it's much more interactive between brand and consumer, but it's also driving this whole new lexicon of creativity. So, you know, you think about face filters, for example, on Instagram, that's a whole new set of artistry that didn't exist five years ago. And what it's doing is it's encouraging people to think a lot more deeply and with more nuance about their digital identities. So I think that is creativity is one stream that's really exciting about the metaverse. And what goes hand in hand with that is what your unique identity looks like in a digital space is becoming so much richer than it ever could have been on an Instagram or, you know, a Twitter. So we're really starting to see, you know, a lot of advances in diversity in these digital environments. And we're seeing people bring a lot more of who they are, what they stand for, what they believe into the metaverse and these virtual worlds. So those two things are really exciting and also important things to keep in mind for a brand. Because, you know, if you're going into a metaverse space, it's important to be able to give your consumers an opportunity to express who they are, you know, express some of their uniqueness, exercise their creativity. And it's also, you know, very social. So we have some research that we ran for our two of our metaverse reports that I believe will be linked for any listeners who want to check them out. So 76% of people surveyed say that their everyday lives and activities depend on technology already. So that, you know, there's already this appetite and willingness to kind of embrace technology. And 81% think that a brand's digital presence is just as important as its in-store presence. So a lot of exciting things on the horizon for brands when it comes to the metaverse and just a lot of new digital touch points and new ways to engage more deeply with your consumer base. Yep, absolutely. Speaking of horizons, the metaverse, as we're saying, is, is still in its early days. And you know, I like to think of it as V1.0 of Web3. And you know, where it's going to go from here is you know, anyone, anyone's guess. But that's where I'm going to turn to you. No wrong answers. You know, where do you see the metaverse evolving in the next, say, three to five years? Yeah, I love that. Web 3.0, 1.0. <laughs> it's really hard to predict because I think it's so dependent on technology and technological advances and how quickly those come. And I'm not a technologist, so that's not something that I can speak to. But I do see, you know, looking three years down the line, five years down the line, if VR becomes more accessible and something that's more of kind of a standard in-home device, I do see that making it much easier to go into these metaverse worlds and, you know, have a more social experience. I think people are are using gaming and definitely used gaming during the pandemic to connect with their communities when they couldn't do so physically. But I think what's happening now is that there is that heightened desire for deeper physical connection in the metaverse beyond just having a conversation. So I think VR will will certainly help enable that. I also think that 
you know, I talked earlier about there not being a single portal to the metaverse. I think that, you know, once we have the rise of maybe not VR headsets, but AR or VR enabled glasses, you know, you won't need an anchored screen like a laptop, like a phone to access some of these digital environments. And it will become more of that just digital filter on the world around you. So, you know, very dependent on technology, but those are a couple of visions for how I see the metaverse evolving. Interesting stuff. We'll see how it all plays out. You know, the metaverse, it's is a new thing. There's a lot of hype around it. There's a lot of misconceptions. What do you think is the biggest myth about the metaverse that you have, in your opinion, at least? Yeah, I think there are two here. One is what I was saying earlier about how it's not this place that you go to as an escape to get away from, you know, your physical life. I think people uh, are thinking about it like that. And it's easy to fall into that trap of pessimism when it comes to the metaverse, especially because there has been all this hype. But I don't think that it's going to replace your everyday life, certainly. You know, you'll still need to eat, you'll still need to exercise. It's just going to be an enhancement of the life that you're living already. So that's one. Another uh, that goes hand in hand with that is that I get asked this question a lot, like, does the metaverse exist beyond Facebook? And I would say, absolutely. (laughs) Facebook parent company Meta has done a really good job over the last year of really shifting public perception around what Facebook is, what Meta is, and what the metaverse is. But the metaverse is not Meta. I said earlier, you know, there's not going to be one gatekeeper to the metaverse. And I, I stand by that wholeheartedly. Facebook is not the end-all be-all of what the metaverse is and what the metaverse will be. It's excellent stuff. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. And as we know from tech history, first movers aren't always the winners, ultimately. So who knows what's going to emerge in the next, you know, six months to six years and beyond. It's going to be very interesting times indeed. Emily, thank you so much for your insights, your thoughts. We really appreciate having you on Commerce Confidential. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. Our pleasure. Thanks again to Emily Safian Demers for being our guest. If you'd like to get the report mentioned in today's episode, New Realities into the Metaverse and Beyond, you'll find the link in the show's notes. Commerce Confidential is a Guerrilla Group, a Wonderman Thompson Company production. Editorial support by Betsy Stewart. Production support by Fiona Jessup. Original music by Adam Lee Murphy. Thanks, Adam. Please like or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Your clicks are free, but to us, they're priceless. We hope you'll join us again soon for another episode of Commerce Confidential. And in the meantime, 